Welcome to episode three of Woman's World. I'm your host, Tanya, and Woman's World is a podcast about women raising children from all walks of life. Episode three's episode is about home ownership. Um, we'll be discussing single parent or single women purchasing their first home as well as cleaning their credit. We're discussing taking back what's ours as African-American women. Our guest today is Shonda. Shonda is a homeowner as well as a single mom, and she's also a credit repair advisor. Welcome, Shonda, to Women's World today. Thank you for having me, Tanya. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm so happy that you're here. Um, Thank you for coming on and giving us a little bit of your insight and sharing with us just some information about your trials tribulations as well as successes in regards to being a single parent also operating and running your own business as well as helping other people like ourselves repair their credit and purchase their first home so i'm super psyched that you're here and you could take a few moments of your time to do this with me today no problem at all (laughs) i appreciate that so our podcast, you can be, it doesn't have to be so super, uh, formal. Right. Okay. Fine. I want you to be a little bit comfortable. Um, so I just wanted to give you a few stats that I pulled up in regards to home ownership and single parent homes. Um, this is from a census bureau in 2016. Um, I read that 13.6 million single parents are raising over 21 million children in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So there's 13.6 million single parents in the United States. That's that's alarming. That's a high rate. Um, It's not an easy job, but definitely someone has to do it. Um, For me, one of my best practices was just making my kids feel included and letting them know it's a team effort. Um, we always made a promise or had a bond to one another that, you know, if you allow me to go to work and be able to provide for you guys. So, you know, that was my responsibility and their responsibility was to basically go to school, get good grades and find out what their interests are. Um, so that way we could have something to focus on and, and things that would, how can I say it more so like, um, a reward for being able to do extracurricular activities was to, you know, go to school, behave well, and get good grades. So that way I'm not being called while I'm at work or having to miss out on making money, you know, due to behavioral issues. And it's worked out so far. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. I had the same kind of similar um, stuff going on in the house or an agreement with my children as well. You know, all your job is is to get good grades and allow me to work and we can basically you can have basically not what you want but you can participate in extracurricular activities this is your job just make sure you're getting good grades and being respectful at school and you can have all of those extra things that you like or that you want or things that you want to participate in because it's it's hard being just a single parent and also trying to make sure that they're on the right path as well right it takes a village definitely um another thing that i saw was um 60 of single mothers 
in the United States um, are living in poverty. Um, so that's that's a lot compared to 11% of two-parent homes. That that rate is also alarming too. Um, poverty is based on lack of knowledge. If if I could relate the two, um, people don't know what their options are. And I get it, you know, majority of us are always taught, you know, work hard, go to school, pay your bills, things of that nature, but we're not really taught how how to live or how to make it so or how to present yourself so that better opportunities are available. Um, and I know that's a little frustrating to hear me say, but it, it's true. Because once you know more or know better, you tend to do better or you tend to strive for more. Um, It's crazy because you don't have to have a lot of money in order to make things happen or doors open for you when you have taken care of your credit with a little, which grants people the opportunity to give you more or a lot. Um, so I would say poverty and lack of knowledge are two things that kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I've been there. I'm not someone on the outside looking in or, you know, someone, um, talking down to others. No, I'm talking with you. I I think that's very, very important. Um, you're talking to someone who came from working temp jobs. I had a house in the projects, had a little hoop deed that, you know, I might would, pay a thousand dollars for a car every year with my tax return just to just to survive but as I branched out and you know did other things and met other people I learned that there is a better way and you just have to basically market and present yourself so that opportunities are available and it's not just knocking on the door it's you choosing which door you want to go through so um, a lot of that comes with uh, you know being a person of your word being reliable um, and that reflects, it's crazy because that reflects so much in your credit score. Um, as a credit repair specialist, I work with tons of people who have negative items on their credit, not because they want them there or because they didn't have the money to pay, but they were not aware of the process before it got to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing that comes into play. Communication right. um, is also key. So do you think... Like, for me, just you touching on that point, and I'm glad that you said that. Like, I also was a person. I didn't live in the projects, but I also, you know, struggled to try to get apartments. You know, I had a car that um, wasn't always reliable. You know, I was working a job that really I wasn't making ends meet. You know, I was basically living check to check. And I remember applying for special or low-income housing and not even well I was on a list but they never called me back so with even providing all of that information and I'm waiting on a list and it was in the same city that I live in now that I purchased my home in and when I had to go when I purchased my house and I had to go back to um the city I think to like get the water or whatever Mm -hmm. I had to do something with the house you know the lady remembered me And it was crazy because she was like, oh, my God, congratulations. You know, look at your growth. I can't believe, you know, I'm so proud of you. And that just speaks volumes to me. You know, people want to see you succeed. 
You know, I think as African-American people, we're so busy talking about people being haters or people. I really don't think I think people really do genuinely want to see other people succeed. It gives them hope. Right. It gives them a sense of hope. Um, I, too, purchased my home in the same city that I received, Tanner, Wick, um, the same city where I had my voucher. And one day I was just kind of thinking back like, dang. I wonder why my social worker never really encouraged me to do more or do better. But I just thank God that it kind of like fell in my lap. Um, I know we also, we often say, you know, dang, if I would have known what I know now, mm-hmm. you know, I would be a right. certain type of beast. Um, but I can honestly say I plan to live vicariously through my daughter. Um, and not in an effort to make things easier for her, but in an effort because I know what it feels like to work a job that you're absolutely miserable in. I know what it feels like to be denied um, housing. You know, you you want you want your kids to live in a nice area and you make the money, but you don't have the credit. Yeah, you want them to have a great education, go to schools that have awesome reputations and things of that nature. But if the credit is not there, you feel like you're stuck. And us in the African-American community, we're never really taught about credit or assets or life insurance. We think that those things are additional costs that is not useful or not helpful. Or some don't see the benefit because you won't reap the benefit. But if my grandkids can reap the benefit... That's and I'm going to put the work in yeah. today. That, that's, um, that's a start for them. And yeah. People don't understand. You know, I've met people that said their their grandmother's or their grandfather's home was willed to them. So how great is that where you don't even have to worry about, you know, besides all of the other things that we have to worry about as a community. That's one thing that's you don't you know have to worry about 99 problems that's one less problem that you have to worry about in regards to getting a home getting approved um you know having somewhere to live you know that's almost half of the battle that's a major piece of the battle having a home is such a value asset um i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Susie orman but she is like a nationally recognized real estate guru Um, She's also featured as one of the uh, judges on the Shark Tank. And she is famous for saying home ownership is the cornerstone of wealth. You have at your disposal something of value, whether it's $80,000, $100,000, $200,000. You have something at your disposal that if you are paying a mortgage on a monthly basis, you're investing in yourself. When you pay rent or let's just say, you know, Lord forbid, you die today or tomorrow and you're renting an apartment with your three or four children. That apartment complex is not going to say, okay, kids, um, now we're going to hand this lease down to you and you're now responsible for the rent. No, the person who signed the lease is no longer living. You guys have to move out so we can move somebody in that will be able to maintain this cost, which is generating wealth and assets for someone else. Um, But if you were to own a house or purchase a house, you know, if the house is still owed on then of course yes somebody would be responsible for that debt but that's where insurance comes into play if something happens to you and you get enough insurance coverage to cover your earthly debt and leave something for your kids to to be able to carry on the torch and and that's what i i want to create a generation of uh african-american entrepreneurs 
African-American homeowners, people who are credit worthy. Um, I tell everybody that goes through my credit program, I want to send you applying for a mortgage, a car loan, credit card, store cards, knowing that you will be approved. So you don't have that anxious feeling of, of worrying and wondering if, you know, if you're going to get approved or if you're going to get it. And not only do I want you to be approved, I want you to be approved with great rates. Because that's the key to saving. Rich right. people do not spend a lot of money for right. stuff. Um, they are the given a deal mm-hmm. because they're going to spend X, Y, Z amount of money. So you got to learn the ins and outs. And um, I do not mind helping or teaching that at all. Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm glad we can give some of your information here um, when we finish before we, you know, um, in the podcast. But yeah, like you said, like my story was the same as yours. I purchased my home in 2014 um I was leaving a relationship and instead of me just saying you know what I'm gonna go and get an apartment I said no I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna have something for my children I'm gonna have something that I own that I can say that's mine and I can use it if times were to get bad as some form of collateral so I refused to say that you know I'm gonna move into an apartment and I remember you know going out and starting the process getting my credit together I already kind of knew the process because I had other people around me that had purchased homes so I was able to speak to them but I was just basically prepared to do what I needed to do and it probably only took me I bought a Um, house that was a short sale Mm -hmm. and I remember my realtor me calling him almost every day asking well what about this what about that and he ensured me listen calm down this is the process he walked me through every step of the way Mm -hmm. and when I purchased my home it was the best feeling in the whole wide world so it's really an awesome thing to do I can't agree with you more. Um, It is the best feeling in the world on closing day. As a realtor, I have closed on several homes and it's just like, it's a process and it could be up and down. It could be an emotional roller coaster. You know, you're anxious. You're going to spend a lot of money or be be responsible for spending a lot of money with purchasing a home, but it's all worth it. Um, when my clients get to turn that key and they call it home and they put in their first plug-in or they lay down their first welcome mat, they are ecstatic because they know they have acquired an asset. And it's, um, you know, it comes with responsibility, but trust me, the responsibility is definitely worth it. So when purchasing a home and you get to sign on that dotted line on closing day, it is an amazing feeling. Yeah, like I said, it was totally, totally um, awesome. I I couldn't have, I mean, that was the best decision that I probably ever made in my life. Um, So let me just also ask, we talked a lot about, you gave us a lot of good information about that. Um, I want to just ask, how did your children feel when... Oh, you purchase you purchase a home because I know my kids were Listen. ecstatic the whole process <laughs> picking out paint um you know painting their rooms picking out furniture like how was that they them? were so proud of me um because they've been in a struggle with me uh before 
we purchased our home we were in a two-bedroom condo which means my boy and girl shared a room and that was all good for a couple of years because they're only four years apart but as puberty kicked in and our egos it was just like you know teenagers teenagers right (laughs) they needed their own space they needed their own privacy and I wanted to show them it can be done um so we had to make some rearrangements and not let them know some things were going to get cut back because we need to start saving more. Um, I even started showing them how to save. And um, we were, like I said, we were in a two bedroom condo for like maybe under a thousand square feet. And the home was perfect for a while. Uh, but once we purchased our house, we ended up getting a four bedroom, two bath upstairs, downstairs. And they... I can't like describe how I feel when they're coming down the stairs and they walk into the living room knowing that, you know, they're part owners in this home too. So, um, and it comes with a great sense of pride. Like I can't even, the feeling is undescribable. Like it's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, um, I also wanted to say like, what would you tell women that are afraid to, purchase their homes or think that it's impossible to do or they don't want to have that responsibility because home ownership is different from renting right you know everything if something happens or something breaks down that's all you there's no maintenance man you know uh you can't call the rent office and say uh you know any type of cosmetics like for me i live in a hoa so when they're coming around saying, oh, hey, you need to replace this mailbox, you know, uh, you need to get a new mailbox. We don't like the way yours looks. Um, you need to paint your shutters. We don't like how that looks. You know, all of the cosmetic and then the inside stuff, that stuff that, of course, has to come out of your pocket. So, you know, you have to have money for those unexpected things that come up. Right. What would you what type of advice would you give to those women that are you know afraid to do it because of those type of maintenance things or that have just recently done it and feel feel a little overwhelmed by the stuff they have well here's the blueprint to everything um leading up to home ownership money management money management is everything knowing how to save is everything um i know my generation itself has been taught oh you only live once you know work hard pay your bills you know my grandma used to tell me all the time if you don't do nothing else pay your rent first you know because you can be in the house with no lights but you need to be in your own house right um so things like that are embedded in our subconscious but really if you take the time to understand money management and having a nest egg of savings um or allow for lines of credit to be extended to you you put yourself in a safe place Um, I can honestly say with managing my money better, it helped increase my credit score over time. And with the increased credit score came with the possibility of purchasing a home. And on that same day that I closed on my home, I went and got a Home Depot card just so I could have um, access to things that the house may need just in case. Um, I haven't used that card yet. People don't know, not to cut you off, people don't know that... You don't really have to have a whole lot of money. You don't. As long as you have a good credit score, as long as your credit is awesome, you can get anything you want. Because like you said, the rates are going to be different. 
you know they're gonna look at of course your income and your debt to income ratio but as long as you have a good credit score you're in the running yep you're in the running and um like i said you're my part of the race yep you in there because how i treat my credit cards now is there for emergency purposes only yeah, it would be nice to swipe it and treat myself to a Chanel bag or a pair of Chanel sneakers. But at the end of the day, you know, it comes with great responsibility. And I'm only going to treat myself to something like that if I know for sure by the time that statement is generated and sent out, I can pay it back. Right. If I can't do that, then I'll leave it where it's at. So, you know, and for it to be new to you like having that much access to a line of credit or a line of cash that you can that you can utilize you just got to be smart with it and it's all about the choices that you make so the blueprint is money management credit and assets and then managing those assets um i know for me i'm very well versed in what real estate has to offer as a homeowner, as a real estate agent, as an uh, investor. So that's where I'm going to put my eggs at. But you might be versed in money market accounts. You might be versed in stocks and bonds. And you would feel comfortable with investing your money there. So money management opens up the doors for so many opportunities that allow you to do other things. Um, you might want to invest in your own business, become your own boss. And it's all possible. But it all starts with money management right? and understanding the importance of, you know, building credit and making sure you make your payments on time. Right. All right. Um, that's so much good information. I, I'm really blown away by this segment um, simply because, you know, I love talking to you. You like my <laughs> my little sister. Um, so we always have really, really, really good conversations just about everything about life. But um, it really brightens my heart to see how much you've grown. Because even before this, you becoming a realtor, um, you becoming a credit specialist, you had your own online business where you were doing accessories. So you've always had the drive and the motivation to go out there and be not a victim of circumstance. Because like you said, your your life, I know the stuff that you've gone to, I know you got a story, um, has not been easy. Right. Um, I didn't want to be a victim of circumstance and continue generational curses. Like, I'm not ashamed. I was pregnant before I graduated high school. So, um, teenage mom. Yep, I was a teenage mom. I was pregnant at 17. No, I was pregnant at 16. I'm sorry, I gave birth at 17. Um, I still pushed through and graduated early. I just knew the life I had, I did not want my daughter to have. So whatever her interests or her likes were as a kid, I wanted to cultivate to that. Um, You know, I had two kids, but I was 21. So I was two kids living in the projects, you know, working jobs here and there because I was trying to stay within income guidelines to um, continue receiving assistance because I thought that was the better option. Um, But when you step outside that environment and you take a look at what you would be putting your kids through, it's like, nah, this ain't for them. So I really in those not to cut you off in those impoverished areas, you don't have the best school system. You don't have the best school systems. You don't have the best interaction with um, you, organizations. organizations. Yeah, people, you get um, categorized by your zip code. Yeah. 
Um, there's not a lot of opportunities for extracurricular activities. Um, prices are higher. Prices are definitely Gouging. higher. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's something that I definitely noticed. So I applied for Chesapeake, the City of Chesapeake Redevelopment and Housing Authority um, Section 8 program. Me too. And I worried the, well, I pr- applied for Portsmouth. And I worried the crap out of Miss Parker. I'll never forget it. I used to call Miss Parker at least three times a week. Hey, have I moved up on the list yet? Hey, have I done this? Have I done that? Finally got my voucher and I found a place in Chesapeake. And that's the two-bedroom condo that we lived in in about almost 10 years, I want to say. Um, I was working ins and out jobs, but I've always been great at whatever I did. So I applied at Verizon. You know, I heard they were one of the highest paying call centers in the area. I started out there part-time, which was really, really dope for me because I was making the same amount of money, but I was able to spend more time with my kids. So this is when um, I started cultivating their love for basketball and soccer and football and whatever else they wanted to do because now I had the time and the money. So it was like a dream come true. And then after getting to Verizon with so many other African-American women who had been making great money all this time, you know, I started hearing about, um, you know, doing back then I would call it a side hustle. And then I turned it into an official business, which was conversation pieces. Um, But there were people in there who owned properties, owned several properties. And it just pinked my millionaires. But they, you know, they were still coming to work for the benefits and it just piqued my interest and I was like um when I had the house fire at the condo in 2015 I lived in several different hotels with my kids and then we went from my mom's house to a friend's house and I I really wanted to give up I was laying there on the floor like God I just I can't do this anymore and he said listen I don't know what you're thinking about doing but that ain't what I have planned for you And that's where I found my interest in credit repair as well as real estate. And I just went for it. And uh, faith without works is dead. So if you put in the time and the work and you say, God, this is what I want to (laughs) do. Things will things will open up for you. Yeah, they will manifest themselves. Um, But you got to be, you know, specific what you ask for. And and you got to show God that you're willing to work for it. Yep. You got to be willing to put in the work. Okay. So we've had some good information. We only got a few minutes left. I do have an after hour spot segment. Woo, woo, woo. After hour, after hour, after. So this is after we've talked all of this good stuff about credit, homeownership, um, the kids, you know, making a better life, poverty, school. I'm going to ask you whatever I want to at the after hour spot. So put the kids to bed. We're going to talk some grown people stuff now. So, with the grown people stuff, and I'm going to ask you a few questions. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to answer. Okay. Okay. Um, I know now that, you know, you're a single parent, you got all this stuff going on, working full-time jobs, um, and you do have a significant other. Yes, I do. Um, With your significant other... Um, I don't know. I never really have no after-hour spot questions to be prepared for people. It just comes. I just got to think about something that comes. Yeah, and it, it's. I don't know. Uh, I don't. The freakiest place y'all ever had sex. Whew, the freakiest place we ever had sex. Don't judge me. Um, 
On our way back from a road trip coming from New York, we pulled over somewhere in Mer- no, somewhere on 13 and we kind of got it in in the back seat. What? <laughs> yeah. On the side of the road. On the side of the road. If the state police would have... Just, <laughs> just me and him out there in the middle of nowhere in the deers. I thought it would be like exciting to do so. Spontaneous. Yeah. Was it exciting? We did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What advice would you give your daughter about men? Um, I would say be firm in what you want. And if they cannot offer that to you, then you let it go. But in letting it go, I know sometimes it hurts because we have an idea in our head what the perfect person is supposed to be like. And of course, no one is perfect. But if you guys want to make it work, you know, there are compromises to come on both ends. But be firm in what you want. I get it. I dig it. I definitely believe that um, as well. So that's a good piece of advice for her. Um, You have a son as well? Yes. Um, What's your advice to Mikai? He's a baller. He's so passionate about everything that he does. And he's so militant. He's just my little militant midget. What advice advice do you have for Mikai? Um, You know what you want as well. And don't fall in the trap of what you're supposed to like or what you're supposed to do or what you're supposed to be. Um, I know I'm sending a respectable young man out into the world, but I also know that you are a man. So I don't want you to be as tempted by temptation temptation either. I want you to, you know, know what you want. And I also want you to have fun while doing it or trying to figure it out at least. Okay. Would you allow somebody to do the golden shower on you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You pee on me, we rumbling straight like that. Even in the shower? Even, Even in the shower. Mm-mm. Don't want your piss nowhere near me under no circumstances. All right. So we're coming to a close with the podcast. Just give a little bit of your information really quickly in regards to where you can be reached and how people can get in contact with you. All right, my name is Shonda Taylor. I'm also on Facebook as Shonda Taylor. If you're interested in uh, credit repair, the name of my website is creditrepairadvance.com or you can reach us locally at 757-831-0759. That's a cell phone number, so you can either call or text. And um, my passion is creating African-American homeowners. I'm open to helping everyone but I know that we need the most help. So that's where um, the most dedication is going to. Okay. Mm-hmm. You heard it here. Women's World segment, episode three. It was really, really dope. Thank you for sharing with us and with my podcast listeners. Um, signing off till next week. Peace and blessings and light.